House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Dreams are a mystery. Just the fact that we have these experiences when we close our eyes and go to sleep. And those experiences can be similar to the experience of everyday waking life or completely different. You can, in fact, have an entire life that you live in a dream and wake up from it and wonder, was that dream real? Am I alive in that dream in some other place than in the waking world? The dream is so real that it makes you question what you know is reality. A similar sort of experience is when you have a dream that comes true. It makes you question your reality. How can a dream come true? How can a dream see forward in time and know what is about to happen? Well, whether we can explain this scientifically or not, we know that many people have this experience. In fact, if you look at the book Dreams and Premonitions from the Chicken Soup of the Soul series, you will find dozens of accounts of dreams that showed what was going to happen in the future. If you go to my website, dreams123.net, and you look at the article that I wrote about pregnancy dreams, go to the comments at the bottom of the page. You will find mothers who say that they knew that they were pregnant before they got pregnant, that they knew what to name their child, that they knew what the gender would be and what the child would, would look like and be like. It's quite the mystery. It's something that I, as a public expert about dreams and someone who has studied the subject for the last 25 years, have explored deeply. I am J.M. DeBoard. I'm the author of the Dream Interpretation Dictionary and Dreams123, Remember, Interpret, and Live Your Dreams. I'm a moderator of the Reddit.com Dreams Forum. That's found at dreams.reddit.com. I've been doing this for the past eight years, and I've encountered hundreds of reports of dreams that come true. It's not to say that every time someone has a dream that appears to come true, that that is the case. It is easy for the mind to believe things that are not true, to make connections between things that are similar but not exact. But I have seen hundreds of cases, and I know of some that are irrefutable. It has sent me into the world of physics for an explanation of why we have dreams that come true, why we have precognitive dreams. That's the term that is used in the study of this, we'll call it phenomena. Precognitive dreams, why we have them, I think that it goes back to the nature of time itself. Time is an illusion, according to the great man, the great thinker, Albert Einstein, and many other physicists who have studied time. In fact, if you look at the way that time is understood by physics, it is not time as it is understood by our 
normal everyday reality of linear time, of the ticking of a clock, the turning of the pages of a calendar. That is how we understand time. Time, in that sense, is simply a measurement of motion. Einstein said that time is relative to the observer, that you can have, for example, someone who is on one side of planet Earth observing an event and someone on the other side of planet Earth observing the same event, and that event will occur at different times relative to the observers. This effect has been proven in many experiments. We know it to be true. We know that Einstein said that the closer you get to the speed of light, the more the time slows down, and that if you travel at the speed of light, time stops. Well, that raises a question. What if you go faster than the speed of light? Can you go back in time? Well, this all leads us back to dreams about the future or even about the past, what we call retrocognition. I do know of examples of people who have dreamed about things that happened in the distant past, such as events that happened to their ancestors, events of which they had no knowledge. In fact, even the whole family had no knowledge of it. A woman came up to me after a workshop that I gave about dream interpretation, and she said, I had a dream that told me about my father's first wife, a secret that had been hidden for decades. We are a Catholic family, and all we ever knew was the family that I was born into. My father was married to my mother, and they had me and my siblings, and we had a nice Catholic existence in America at the turn or the midpoint of the last century, 50s, 60s, 70s back when divorce was considered to be a big black mark. Her father hid the fact that he had a first wife and then was divorced from her. And then the dreamer saw this person, this woman, in her dreams, found out the woman's name even, and was able to go and verify that her father had been married to this woman. Talk about a mystery. That is a real mystery, how the mind can detach from time as we know it, from this present place and time, and venture backward or forward to see things that have happened or are going to happen. I think that we understand very well how this occurs, how it's possible in a universe that is interconnected in profound ways, that is entangled to use the parlance of physicists. But it goes so far outside of the box of our materialist, reductionist science that is the dominant paradigm of our current reality that it can't even be considered. Because if you can see the future in a dream, then it violates the laws of the paradigm that we think that we live under that the future cannot be seen in a dream because the future has not happened yet. But maybe the outline of that future is already created. Maybe we are filling in the details of that outline as we live our lives day to day. Maybe we see in our dreams 
possibilities for the future, and then we determine how those possibilities play out, whether we want them to come true or not. It appears that some things that are going to happen, they are like prophecy. They are written in stone. And that other things, they don't have to happen. We have a choice about the matter. And that in a nightly process that is mysterious and profound, we are shown those glimpses of the future and we are given opportunities to determine how that future unfolds. Opportunities that arise both while we are dreaming and reacting to the stories that are told to us and the futures that we see. We can embrace those possibilities or we can deny them. We also have opportunity while we are awake and living in that future moment of time to decide whether or not we want that future to come true that we first saw in a dream. It is mysterious, it is profound, and it is true in my experience. I think most of us have had an experience that we call deja vu, which is something that can be explained different ways. It is easy for the memory to crosswire and give us an experience that we think is deja vu. But I think that sometimes when you have that mysterious feeling of something has happened in your life and you know it has this eerie familiarity to it, the place that you walk into that you've never been to before in your waking life, you go, wait, I've been here before. When? The conversation that you have, the person that you meet, the event that happens, you have that eerie feeling of deja vu. And it's because you are remembering a precognitive dream during the moment in time that it previewed, but you forgot the dream. And then the memory is triggered and you go, wow. Most people have had an experience of deja vu. I've spoken in front of many audiences about the subjects of dreams in general and oftentimes during those talks the subject of precognition comes up and I get an opportunity to ask this question how many of you out there please raise your hands if you have had a dream that came true and you will see a smattering of hands that will go up you will see other people who perhaps want to raise their hand but they feel shy or embarrassed or unsure and then you will see people who will say that's impossible there's no way I would ever raise my hand even though I think deep down inside I might know that dreams can come true but hey it violates the materialist paradigm and so thus it is impossible it could not happen well I tell you there are many historical accounts of this very famous dreams that have come true I think most people have heard about Abe Lincoln's dream. He dreamed that he was in the White House, that he came down into out of the presidential quarters, living quarters, into a main area of the White House. He saw that there was a great mass of mourners, and he asked the guards, what happened? And they said, sir, the president is dead. And Lincoln went into 
that room. I think it was the rotunda. It could have been another room in the White House. And he saw that there was a coffin, and there were many mourners around. And he approached the coffin, and he looked inside of it, and he saw himself. This dream occurred two to three weeks before Abe Lincoln was assassinated. There's another example, famous one from history, that I use in my book, Dreams 123. It's a great example of what could be precognition, but it's also an example of what could not be precognition. The dream was the one that boxer, heavyweight champion Sugar Ray Robinson had about killing his opponent in the ring. The opponent is an Irish boxer named Jimmy Doyle. And Sugar Ray dreamed that he knocked out Doyle, and Doyle never woke up. The dream so unnerved the great heavyweight Sugar Ray that he wanted to back out of the fight, and the promoter of the fight brought in a priest who said, it's just a dream, don't worry. Then Sugar Ray entered into the ring for his bout against Jimmy Doyle, landed a vicious punch, Sugar Ray's famous knockout punch. Doyle hit the mat, and he never woke up. He died, just as happened in the dream. This is a fairly famous example. I delved into this. I looked at the history of it. And there could be an explanation for it, but first I want to walk you through what would I do if I was the person who was brought in to help Sugar Ray to understand his dream. Well, I would begin by asking him if details from the dream match waking reality is the arena the same as the one in which he is scheduled to fight are the people nearby the same ones he anticipates to be at the fight such as the trainers and the referee when dreams show you the future they tend to show it to you in ways that match up with reality and if the reality that you see in the dream matches up very well with the reality that you expect in your waking life, such as in Sugar Ray's case. He needs to know, is the arena the same? Are the people the same? Does the reality of the dream and the reality you expect during the fight, that moment that you saw, that terrible moment when you killed your opponent, when you did something that you would never want to do in your waking life, do those realities match up? Next, I would explore possibilities for symbolism. Killing someone in a dream can express personal hostility. Do Robinson and Doyle have bad blood between them? Does Robinson feel like he could, quote, kill that guy, unquote, in the figurative sense? If so, odds are better that the dream expresses those feelings. It's probably not precognitive. Then I would explore if the dream expresses a subconscious fear. Fighters do die in the ring. It's rare, but it happens. Sugar Ray was a great fighter with a big knockout punch, but he was an honorable sportsman and a kind human being. I'd ask him if he fears unintentionally killing Doyle. And with that question and some digging into history, we find out that Doyle was known to have head issues 
After years of taking punches as a boxer, he was starting to show some of the signs of having taken you know, a few too many of those hard punches. But he was this tenacious Irish fighter who said that he was fighting Sugar Ray to buy his mama a house. And who can deny a man the opportunity to do something like that? By doing what he does best, Doyle was a great fighter. But as I said, he probably should not have been in the ring. And Sugar Ray knew that Doyle should not be in the ring. And Sugar Ray had a dream about killing Doyle, and perhaps it was not precognition, it was not a telling of the future. It was actually him putting two and two together and realizing what could happen. And because it did happen, it's considered to be precognitive. In his autobiography, Robinson wrote, I had knocked out guys before, dozens of them, but in those fights I always had a good feeling, a conquering feeling, when I saw them being counted out, maybe because I could see that they weren't really hurt. But now, with Doyle stretched out and his eyes blank, I had that empty feeling you get when something in your life is really wrong, and all I could think of was the dream. You warned me, God. You told me. Why did I let everyone talk me out of it? He tried to back out of the fight, but he let himself be talked out of it. And Sugar Ray, I'll tell you this, it's a lot easier to judge after the fact whether a dream is literal or precognitive. When you are trying to determine whether or not a dream is ordinary or precognitive, I think you have two basic steps to take. You need to look for personal symbolism and rule out other possibilities. Dreams that have a lot of personal symbolism in them are very likely to be ordinary. Although ordinary and dream is, those are two words that are hard to put together. Most dreams are pretty extraordinary, but yes, ordinary. Ordinary dreams use symbolism, although as I will show you in a moment, some dreams can be precognitive and highly symbolic and metaphorical, but this is a rule of thumb that I have come up with. It doesn't apply in all cases, but I really look for this. Am I seeing in the dream a lot of personal symbolism? Am I seeing, or am I seeing that the dream is real in a way that matches waking reality, it parallels it at least. And you don't see a lot of personal symbolism at play. After years of studying this subject, after, after years of having precognitive dreams, I can tell you it really it comes down to a gut feeling. Those dreams that tell the future, they have a feeling to them that is different than other dreams, but you have to have a base of reference. You have to have looked at a lot of different dreams and delved into them, have felt your way through them. The dreams that are extraordinary, they feel different than other dreams. They match reality in ways that are mysterious, that are accurate, that are true. You also want to rule out other possibilities, as I gave you in that example with Sugar Ray. 
I can even throw some doubt on whether or not Abe Lincoln's dream was actually precognitive because he knew very well that there were people who were hunting his scalp. It was just after the Civil War, the South was in ruins, and Abe Lincoln was hearing reports that people were after him. He, in fact, if I remember correctly, the day that he was assassinated was the same day that he created the Secret Service. He was about to have the protection that he needed, but he was just a little bit too late. Precognitive dreams, they happen all the time. It's just that most people don't recognize them, or they think that precognitive dreams will only show them the emergencies and big moments of life. The fact that you remember precognitive dreams and recognize them as precognitive is a big step in the right direction. That's what I tell people who have these mundane sorts of precognitive dreams when they will see something such as a future conversation or a minor event in their lives and they're like, well, why waste the firepower on dreams that do not mean much as far as what is about to happen in my life? Why show me the future unless that future is very important? And I say to them, well, first, this is a natural process that happens all the time. The dreaming mind can disconnect from linear time and go forward and backward. Why it does that, we're not exactly sure. It could just be the same as a fish flipping its tail to gain speed while it goes through the water. It's just something that it does. Then again, there might be something important about that future moment in time that appears at first to be mundane and it's shown to you in a dream, but there is a pattern that is being established at that moment. There is a crossroads, a decision point. I remember the dream that a young man had about someone at school grabbing his new iPhone and burning the quarter or corner of it with a lighter. He dreamed about this happening, and then the next day at school, it really happened. And he said, you know, why would I dream about a future like that that was a fairly small event? And I said, probably because how you reacted to that situation was going to establish a pattern that would hold true for years of your life or even the rest of your life. How do you handle situations when people do things to you that are asinine? When they violate your boundaries, when they cause harm to your property? An iPhone is a pretty expensive little piece of electronics and if someone harms something that is new and precious to you in a way that is deliberate, how do you react? He could have jumped over the table and pounded the kid's face in, or at least tried to. Or he could shirk back into a corner and say, well, I guess it wasn't that important to me anyway. And thus he would establish a pattern of either, either overreacting or underreacting to situations where people violate his boundaries. So I told him, like the butterfly effect, small actions can produce big changes. 
Now back to precognitive dreams. That was a precognitive dream. It came true. And there is always something important that is being shown to you, at least with the underlying dynamics of what's occurring in those moments of time when you have a dream about it and then it comes true. There's something in your thoughts, in your feelings, in your perceptions. Something is going on. I can't prove this and say that it's true in all cases, but I know that for myself that precognition is not wasted on me. I remember the dream that I had where I was thinking through something I was going to write. And the next day, while I was writing that section of my first book, I stopped and realized that something about the wording as it went through my mind and flowed into my fingers and onto the computer screen was eerily familiar, that I had dreamed about it, that my dreaming mind was shaping how I was going to think through and present that information to my readers, and that I didn't know that I was going to be writing that section and that subject until I was actually there. Precognition or not, I know that the future forms, at least in an outline, while I am dreaming. And I know this happens for a lot of other people too. Science tries to explain it as a threat rehearsal scenario, that dreams are used to help us to think through what could happen and then how we would react to it if it does happen. This is a very good explanation for dreaming, at least if you view it strictly from scientific viewpoint. But I think that it goes deeper than that, that it's not just rehearsal. Sometimes it is <laughs> prehearsal. Sometimes it is showing you the future because you have an opportunity to decide whether or not you want that future to come true or not. But how do we distinguish the difference? Let's continue our exploration of that subject. I know a man who was getting on a plane the next day and he had a dream that the plane crashed. A plane crashed. That's the important difference. I asked him. Was the plane that you saw in the dream the same one that you're expecting to get on? Was it taking off from the same airport, from the same concourse? In other words, could you take details out of the dream and say that they parallel waking reality? Or was the plane that you saw in the dream more imaginary? Was the place that you took off from a different place than you were expecting to take off from for the flight that you have scheduled the next day? And he said, well... There are some important differences. And I said, well, let's explore that. Let's explore the symbolism of planes and taking off in planes. They can mean that you have places that you want to be in your life, places that you want to go, destinations to reach personal destinations. You work and you take flights for your work. Is there something going on at work? that could be described as falling from the sky, as crashing and burning. He said, yeah, there's something that I had high hopes for 
and it didn't materialize and it really hit me hard. And I said, can you see that played out in the symbolism of a plane falling from the sky? You had high hopes for it. It crashed and burned. And he said, yeah, I see it now. And the next day, after he was supposed to take off in his flight, I didn't know him personally, so I didn't know enough. But I know that when planes crash, that it makes the news. And I watched the news. And there weren't any plane crashes that day, so I was relieved. I would never want to give someone the wrong advice that leads them to misunderstanding a precognitive dream. The best I can do is give them the information that they need to figure it out for themselves. I remember the woman who was a call-in on the show Coast to Coast AM when I appeared on there to be interviewed by George Norrie about the subject of dreams. And she was a listener. She called in and said, I had a dream that my mom fell down some steps and she died and then it really happened. What do you think? And I walked through it with her and by the time we were done, I said, you know, that sure looks like a precognitive dream to me. And she said, I was afraid of that because... I should have done something to prevent that accident from happening. She'd had a bad feeling about the caretaker that her mom was entrusted with, that the caretaker was sometimes absent-minded or did not pay as close of attention as he should be. Well, that was one of those moments when I wish I knew more about precognition. In fact, that sent me off on a mission to find out as much as I possibly could about the subject. I didn't want to be wrong again. I didn't want to mislead anyone. I needed to tell that woman that just because you dream about something that happens in the future does not mean that you have an obligation or responsibility to stop it from happening. How are you supposed to know that that dream is precognitive and not just an expression of fear that that daughter had for her mother? You can't really know it unless you have a lot of experience with dreams. So I went to the physicist, Russell Targ. Fortunately, we share the same publisher, Hampton Rhodes. And Russ, he's a prolific author and one heck of a person, too. And he shared his time with me, sat there for an hour and a half as I pelted him with questions. And I said, Russ, how can we explain precognition? And he said, you know, it's just something that you feel. But let me ask you, does sometimes what happens that appears to be, be precognitive, is it simply just reading the tea leaves in the sense of putting two and two together, knowing that something is probably going to happen because that's where things are leading? You dream that you fail the test, and then the next day you take the test and you really do fail it but you know that you hadn't studied for the test and that you're unprepared walking in the door. So that is not a precognitive dream. That is just putting two and two together. But Russ turned around and said, last night I had a dream about what I was going to see on the front page of the New York Times when I woke up this morning. It was part of his morning ritual. Check out the front page of the New York Times. And he saw what that headline was going to be while he was dreaming. Russ said that he's had hundreds, perhaps thousands of experiences of precognitive dreams. And he says, look towards Einstein's theory of non-locality. 
because this big universe that we live in is interconnected in ways that are, well, profound, does not do justice to what it really is. Profound is a word that is overused in some ways. But yes, it is profound and it is more than that. This entire universe appears to be one big energetic system that is interconnected throughout so that it can exchange information between any two parts or any multiple parts of that system instantaneously that this universe is perhaps more malleable than what we know that perhaps it has layers and layers of reality and that the dreaming world is a parallel reality to our waking world where we go to exchange information between our minds, between our experiences, to see possibilities for the future and decide individually and collectively whether or not that future is going to come true. Dr. Carl Jung, just before World War I, had a very disturbing dream about seeing Europe covered in a wave of blood. And then it happened. He thought it was precognitive. I think it was precognitive too. There's another famous historical example. The, when Martin Luther posted his 95 theses on the door of a German church, the prince of that area, Prince Frederick, had a dream that morning that a monk under his protection scribbled on the door with a quill pen and that that pen grew and grew in length until it reached all the way from Germany to Italy and it knocked the crown off of the head of the Pope causing a huge calamity the Pope wanted to track down that monk and make him pay well, Frederick was drawn into the Pope's machinations after Martin Luther posted his 95 Theses and stirred up the religious world like no other single event in the history of Christianity, other than perhaps the founding of Christianity. And he tried to recruit Frederick into his schemes to do to Martin Luther what he had done, or at least another pope, had done to John Huss, the goose who was prophesied, or who prophesied that one would come a century after him like a great eagle and fulfill Huss's work. Huss was burned at the stake for heresy because he dared to speak the truth as he saw it the truth of the scriptures that he read and the Pope read, and they had profoundly, there's that word again, different viewpoints on uh, those scriptures. Frederick ended up deciding that instead of going along with the Pope and marching toward the big fire and tossing Martin Luther into that fire, as other heretics, the fate that they met, 
He would instead protect Martin Luther. Martin Luther was in his principality, was in his territory. And Frederick was a very devout man who prayed and prayed and prayed to for God to reveal God's will and for Frederick to be able to know it. And he knew that that dream told him that Martin Luther was being protected by God and that Luther was on a mission from God, Allah, the Bulu's brothers. So that's another famous example. You can look it up. Look up Martin Luther and John Huss. Look up the precognitive dream of Prince Frederick. You can find it all for yourself. Now, I said earlier that some precognitive dreams can be understood ahead of time because the reality that they show you is the same as the reality that you know is going to play out in the future, that it will be in a place with people that are all familiar to you, that the details of the dream will align with reality, that there will not be personal symbolism, that there are not other possibilities for what the dream could mean. At least the likelihood of those possibilities is not very high. I used to consider that to be a pretty hard rule of thumb, but then I encountered this dream from a friend of mine, and it changed my mind. He dreams that he's at home, and his home is like a medieval hut, and he's preparing a big pot of meaty stew. It's as big as a witch's cauldron. It's a big, big pot of stew. And he's thinking, I will be able to feed my family and friends with this stew. And suddenly he gets a bad feeling. He hears a commotion outside. He goes to lock the front door of his home, but it bursts open before he can do that. And in March, three wolves. It is led by a massive alpha wolf, eight feet long, glowing red eyes. It has two other wolves with it, maybe a little smaller, but they are frightening looking and their eyes glow and they are looking at him. And he knows he's in trouble. He knows that he cannot fight those wolves. He cannot possibly win in a fight against them. And as he's thinking this situation through, he says, you know, my best tactic at this point is to try to make friends with them. So he reaches out to the Alpha, and he touches it kindly, and he pets the eight-foot-long Alpha wolf with red eyes. And the wolf looks at him kind of funny, then looks at the other wolves, and it says to them, we're going to have to meet to discuss what to do with these humans. Kind of an interesting detail, huh? Why would the wolf say that? Well, time passes from that dream, and my friend is preparing to launch his own business. He has a software that he had loaned to the company that he used to work for. And then a larger company came along, gobbled up the company that he worked for, and his job was eliminated. So there he is. He's in his... 50s, he is facing the prospect of having to start over in his work life. And he said, no, I've got a better idea. I'm going to take that software that is in use already by all these big companies. I'm going to make it better 
and I'm going to license it to them. That software is mine. I created it. I loaned it to my old company. That company does not even exist anymore. But that software, it sure does exist. And there are a lot of companies that are using it. And I can charge them licensing for it. So that's the big pot of meaty stew that he is preparing in the dream. He's been putting this thing together. And he knows that it's going to feed his family and friends. He knows that this is his retirement plan. Well, he had one hurdle to get past. He needed the new company that had gobbled up his old company to confirm that the software was his and he was free to license it out. And he wrote to them and he said, please let me know so that I can go out and sell this software. Well, he pushes and pushes through this big bureaucracy to get an answer from them and finally a letter arrives one day in the mail and it's a legal notice the new company is contesting his ownership of the software there's enough gray area to tie up the issue in court and even sue him he's facing big legal bills and possibly years to resolve the matter and a team of three lawyers represents the company they are led by a lead attorney a real legal powerhouse, an alpha. They make clear that they main business. The tense, the situation is tense, it's threatening. And the dreamer is threatened. His home is threatened, just like you see in the dream when the wolves come through the front door and he can't keep them out. His home is threatened because the software is his income. He has other ways that he can earn income, but He's in his 50s now, and he doesn't really feel like going back and starting over again. But he doesn't really have much choice because without free license, without free legal rights to that software, he can't then turn around and sell it. He can't license it. So he remembered the dream, and he said, is the dream telling me something? It sure appears to be a metaphorical story about the situation that I'm facing. He looked at his actions in the dream. How does he react in the dream when the three wolves barge into his home? He decides that he can't fight them, that he needs to be friendly. He even pets the alpha wolf. He reaches out to the alpha wolf. And that's when the wolf turns to the others and says, we need to meet to decide what to do with these humans, which is a mysterious statement until you realize that my friend decided to use the dream as his guide for how to get through this situation, that instead of lawyering up and fighting it out in court, that he would reach out personally to the attorneys. He did that in a conference call with the lead attorney and her two cohorts and he appealed to her he said look i'm using this software to feed my family and i also happen to know that there's a big problem that the new company is facing because they don't understand something about the old company that they gobbled up i have a solution to that problem for you I can figure it out in a couple of days of work, and I will be happy to do that for you if we can come to some kind of resolution on this legal matter. Help me to feed my family. And the lead attorney, who's a mother, who's also feeding a family, 
She said, eh, well, we'll think about it. And in the meantime, he continued to get notices from them saying that they were about to sue his pants off. And then one day he gets a FedEx package and it's from those lawyers and he's like, oh, great. And he opens up the package and it says, sign here on the dotted line to resolve this matter. You can license the software. Go ahead. We don't have any claim to it. Here you go. This is exactly what you need to go to the companies and say that you have clear legal ownership rights to the software. Thank you and have a good life. So by being friendly, by following the advice of the dream, my friend was able to come to a resolution of a matter that was very important in his life. And it played out in a precognitive, highly metaphorical dream. Now, my friend who had that dream has been studying in depth and exploring his dreams for at least 30 years. He's had many, many precognitive dreams, hundreds of them that he's been able to note in his journal and see with that experience, with that wisdom born out from many, many precognitive dreams. He knows, he can feel when a dream is about to come true. And he knew that there was something about that dream about the wolves. It stood out to him. It impacted him and his feelings in a way that other dreams don't. He has some fantastic dreams. It's not unusual for him to have highly metaphorical dreams. It's not unusual for him to have precognitive dreams. But to have one that is so metaphorical and precognitive at the same time, that was a little bit unusual, but he knew. He knew because he'd had many dreams of a similar type. And he knows the feeling when you're going to have a precognitive dream. When that dream is going to come true, it feels different than other dreams. And unfortunately, that is the best advice that I can give you, my listener, if you want to be able to tell the difference between your ordinary dream and your precognitive ones. Did you know that the flights on 9-11-2001 had half the capacity, half the passengers that they normally would for a Tuesday morning? That those flights were strangely not full. What's the word I'm looking for here? Those flights, there were far fewer passengers, half the normal amount of passengers. Those flights that flew into the World Trade Center towers, those flights had half the normal number of passengers. In fact, uh, funny man Seth MacFarlane was booked on American Airlines Flight 11 on the morning of September 11th, but he arrived 10 minutes late because his travel agent gave him the wrong departure time. Talk about dumb luck. He missed that flight. He would have died on it. There are many accounts of precognitive dreams. In fact, this has been studied on a macro scale. It was shown that trains that derail have fewer passengers on average than the same
train trips that occur on other days, for some reason on the day that those trains derail or they crash, there are fewer passengers than the average number on them. There are many other studies that have shown that precognition is real, that we can look just at the data and see these abnormalities, these aberrations. I suggest that you start with the paper Future Directions in Precognition Research found at PubMed. Use the extensive citations to do your own research. The evidence to support the existence of precognition is well-researched. It's freely available. It's just not very widely known. Or start a conversation with your friends. How many of you, my friends, have had dreams that you think come true? You might find that when they are put in an environment where it is made comfortable for them to talk about this subject, that they will admit that it has happened for them too. So let's go over a quick way of determining whether or not a dream could be precognitive. You want to ask yourself, A, do you see residue from the previous day in the dream? Just those memory residue that comes out in dreams, that normal part of clearing the memory banks that dreams do for us? It's probably not precognitive if you see day residue. Is it an expression of anxiety? Something bad happens in a dream and you know that it connects with some kind of anxiety that you're having? It's probably not precognitive. Is it a wish fulfillment? Is it personal symbolism? If you can rule these things out and your gut still says, I have a feeling that this dream is going to come true, then by all means, assume that it is. A friend of mine, the researcher and dream explorer Ian Wilson, had a dream that he was in his car and it skidded through an intersection and he was T-boned by a big truck and he died. And he had his daughter in the car with him. Ian had some experience with precognitive dreams at the time and he decided that he was going to respond to that dream by putting snow tires, big studded snow tires on his car. Something that he'd never done, despite the fact that he lived in Canada and been through many winters, he, you know, just bought normal snow tires and everything was fine. But he decided that he would buy the special edition studded snow tires, the ones that can really grip into a snow and ice. Well, there he was sometime later driving along with his daughter down the road. And like in the dream, he hits, he sees an intersection coming up. He needs to slow down for the intersection. He hits his brakes and he skids. There is black ice underneath the snow. And now he is ice skating and he is skidding forward. He is not braking and a truck is coming. And... At the last minute, the snow tires, the special studded snow tires that he had bought, gripped into the surface of the ice and snow, just enough to be able to slow down his car just enough that he did skid into the intersection, but he slowed down enough that the truck passed by just in front of him. 
the same truck that in his dream T-boned into the driver's side of his car, and it was lights out after that. And his last thought was, my daughter that I love will be deprived of her father. It didn't happen because he knew that that dream could come true and he acted upon it. Ian has written extensively about his website or about this subject at his website at youardreaming.org. You can also go to my website at dreams123.net and start learning about dreams because practicing dream interpretation is probably the best thing that you can do to help yourself to understand the difference between an ordinary and a precognitive dream. It becomes easier in with practice, you learn to recognize the methods of the master storyteller, the dreaming mind, to tell when something is out of the ordinary or matches your personal patterns. Keeping a dream journal is your best practice because it preserves the details of your dreams that might otherwise be forgotten, and it helps you to track the precognitive dreams. They are distinct. So I invite you to continue on this journey on your own. You can go to the National Dream Center, a website, an organization dedicated to the study of precognition. In their experience, most precognitive dreams will come to pass within two weeks. My friend Ian Wilson says three to four weeks. The researcher J.W. Dunn, who wrote a fantastic essay called an experiment with time that was based on his decades of meticulously journaling his dreams and finding that as many as half of them came true. He said that some dreams come true even years later. I know a woman who dreamed that she got robbed and then it happened just as it turned out in the dream. And because of that experience where the dream came true, she knew to watch out. She knew the feeling that those dreams have. And she dreamed about death coming for a friend. And she told her friend about it. And it turned out that that friend's aunt had also had a dream that she died. And it was something related to the lungs. So that friend, she went to the ER and the doctor said, eh, there's nothing wrong with you. Your lungs are fine. And she said, no, there's something. I need an MRI. And the doctor said, well, that's, that's kind of expensive, honey. And she said, do it, please, please just do the MRI. And it turned out she had a blood, blood clot in her lungs. If that clot would have dislodged, then it would have killed her. You know, you could say that that's just coincidence, but two people have a dream that the same person that they know dies or could die. And then based off of that advice, that person goes to the doctors and then she fights those doctors because she knows that they are not being as thorough as they should be, that they are counting the beans rather than caring for the people under their care that there was something more to the story that there was something that they were overlooking and sure enough they were 
Most people do not remember their dreams very well. Most people do not put the sort of weight or credence on their dreams to know that, yes, most of the time they're fairly ordinary, even though all dreams are extraordinary just by the fact that we have them, but that some dreams are beyond ordinary, they're beyond extraordinary. They show us the future. They are precognitive. It is one of the great mysteries of dreaming. It's one of the great mysteries of life. It is a mystery that is easily accessible for you. It too can be part of your experience of life. If you journal your dreams and you give them the attention that they deserve, I can all but guarantee you that within a fairly short amount of time, you will realize that your dreams they come true, too. I am J.M. DeBoard. I'm known as Rat Owl Online. It's been my pleasure to explore this subject with you. I hope that you have found it interesting. I hope that it has sparked your imagination, your mind, enough that you will explore the subject for yourself. There is nothing like personal experience in these mysteries for them to become a little bit less mysterious. Visit me at dreams123.net. That is my main website. Look up the Dream Interpretation Dictionary, Symbols, Signs, and Meanings. It is my book about dream interpretation. It is a dictionary, dream guide, and encyclopedia of key concepts all in one. And it is different than other dream dictionaries because what I'm actually doing through that dictionary is teaching you how to interpret your own dreams. And look for me on a future episode of the House of Mystery or wherever you catch me because I will continue exploring these mysteries of dreams and taking you to these places where I have already been and doing my best to explain to you the who, what, when, where, and why. To find Until out more time, about our show, guests, or listen to a previous show, visit our website at www.somethingweirdmedia.com. The mission has been completed. The end! By George, he's got it! It is the end! How dare you? If you're lying to me, I'll be back. This has been a production of Something Weird Media.